What's up to the Mega Man Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This is going to be episode 16 of the Mega Man's Life Part 3. So what I left off on Part 2 uh, is me relocating uh, back to um, Long Beach. So my ex-wife left me and uh, I wanted to work things out. I was like a little depressed. Man, I was... For like a month and a half or whatever, I was just, I was kind of out of it, you know, I just, I was still thinking what she said to me, like, Steven, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, because that was new to me, so it kind of really fucked me over big time. I didn't eat that much, I lost a lot of weight, and I think there was a time I almost committed suicide, and, um... I don't know. So <clears throat> at the time, I was just kind of thinking, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I quit my job. Stupid me. If I was to go reflect and look back, like, why did I do that for? I had a very, very good job. I was making like almost 20 bucks an hour. And this is back in the day, like, what? <sighs> 2003? I think, I think 2004, I don't know, it was back in the day. So I quit my job, I got paid out, I told my dad I'm moving out, so I started, my dad came, helped me, we started fixing the place, trying to get my deposit back and everything, so I moved in with my dad, try to work things out with my ex-wife, you know, she was living with her mom and her stepfather and her brothers at the time. Um... It was hard, guys. Um, I, I I left on a sour note with my dad, so my it's just I don't know. It's with my dad moved on, and I have two sisters, a stepsister. It was um, I don't know. I feel like to me, it was like a tug of war with my dad. Well, this is. I want to know what your mom says. Or my mom would be like, well, this is what your dad says. But I just feel very uncomfortable in that house. I don't know why. Maybe because I was still trying to work things out with my ex. I have my son, my job. You know, my dad's forcing me to go to church, which I, I just I just didn't want to. I, just, I was just mentally drained. I just didn't want to. So um, living with my dad was pretty bad. We got into arguments and stuff. I mean... It's just, my mind was this, my dad was a pastor, and he was, come on, you know, you have to. My dad knew what was going to happen, but I just didn't want to listen to him. I, I just didn't give a fuck. Um, just differences and stuff, and we argue, and there's times I try to see my ex-wife and with my son, but my dad, he just got, I think he... He just got fed up. I think it was because of my stepmom talking to him and stuff. And I was more at the time like, man, it's like whatever. It was more like, who who wears the pants? My dad or my or my stepmom? I think it was my stepmom who wore the pants. So whatever she says, he listens. I don't know. I always sometimes wonder if my dad 
can be very fearful or my dad gets walked over on by alpha females because my mom is very alpha she, she don't put up with shit and I think so is my stepmom too so I don't know I'm, I'm just going to assume that but I don't know just by seeing that all my life with a lot of always you're gonna you're gonna I'm you're gonna hear it from me from time to time everyone about why does Steven always say alpha females and stuff there are some females out there who are very controlling persuasive antagonized get inside your head very submissive you can't do this can't do that I, I seen a lot of that stuff but that shit doesn't doesn't reflect that 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 shit won't even trip me out anymore because if I see shit like that I just I'm like I'll be like man fuck you you ain't shit so I I deal with a lot of women like that who are very alpha and I just don't put up with crap like that so I think in a way with me and my father we just had a lot of differences and um he um he just had enough so um he just kicked me out you know and it was just it was best you know it was like my dad says oh well, whatever happy for you you know do what you gotta do but you can't you know you can you can't live here you can't do both either you stay with us or you go with them and at the time I just in my at at that time I was just young and I just like fuck it fuck you you ain't gonna do shit to me I'm, I'm just gonna go move with them and it was pretty hard because um Living with my, this is the thing now, and, and I have to really be careful of what I say. And I'm going to try to keep it very PG because there's certain people that listen. But being with my dad, living with my dad, and living with my mom, they're very, very clean. Very, very clean. It's always been like that. It's always going to be in a Mexican house. It's always going to be cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Well, guys. Well, living with someone is the opposite. Where you can tell they're not very clean. And the where I was staying at, it was a two-bedroom uh Two bathroom, very dirty. A lot of cockroaches, a lot of rats, a lot of everything. The house was just cluttered with everything. It was, ugh, it was disgusting. I will never forget. But there must have been what me, my ex-wife, my son, uh, her mom, her dad, um, little brother, sister. Must have been about 10 or 11 people living in that house. It was cluttered. Very, very cluttered. Just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. And uh, I was working, you know, just saving up on everything. And uh, at the time, pretty much, I don't know. I I was kind of more like working, but kind of like. It's like whatever. And at the time, I was little by little going out because I met my cousin. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, this might, I'll just say my cousin because I don't, I don't really uh, 
talk to him no more because we're going to get to that on the other parts, but what he did. So it was kind of a little fucked up, but shady. But fuck that bitch. So pretty much with my cousin and I, um, we would go out and he had some friends. Um, I met some new friends. They're pretty cool. Um, his name was Dave. And the other guy was Jose. Then another guy was uh, Jared. They're pretty cool guys. Pretty young. And um, we started going out a lot and everything. And it just... I don't know. I I didn't... At the time, I must have been, what? 25? Maybe 26? Whatever. I don't know. I think it was around that age. Or 27. And um, I was pretty much going out a lot with these guys my cousin too and that's where everything little by little started crashing and um because i never partied like that or anything i always been that church boy stay home or go to church whatever and just living the fast life and little by little this is where a lot of shit came into play and i was working I felt like with me and my ex-wife, we were separating. We're dis- we're being very distant with our with each other, and it just wasn't the same anymore. The sex life wasn't the same. I felt like we were just kind of like roommates, or we're just gonna be there for our son and everything. And um, I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. Started being very. Going out with my cousins a lot. We used to go to 410. We used to go to 2nd Street. We used to go to Gas Lamp in Long Beach. You know, Rock and Taco back in the day. Revolution. Like all those, man. We used to go out and get fucking drunk. We used to go to Crazy Horse over in West Covina. I just, man. I'll be honest, man. I felt like to me, looking back and if I was to go back, I wish I never got married. I wasn't ready to get married. I got married young because my mom forced me and my ex-wife to get married because I did not want, she did not, I didn't want to have a bastard son. You know, it was just more like the old school, get married and everything. I, If I was to go, I look back, I would have just got married when I was like 35 or maybe 38. But hey, I can't go back because if I were to go back and say, oh, I wish... I should have done this and all that. Then my kids will never be born. Never be born. I will never have my kids. or never met my daughter and all. And uh, it is what it is. It just it is what it is. But our relationship and our marriage was going down the drain every day, every minute, every second. And I think at the time, you know, um, I don't know what I want. I was in a crossroad. I was trying to be have a happy marriage, but in a way, I still wanted to go. I still wanted to go fuck around and just go, just fuck a lot of girls. I don't know. I was. I don't know. I was. A, I'll be honest. I was a womanizer, and I had a hard time with that. I was had a hard time being a womanizer. Yeah, I used to. Um, a lot of my friends. <laughs> My cousins, they wouldn't, sometimes they would invite me to go out with them. Or if they would call me or, or pre-game and say, hey man, just tonight, man, please don't take my girlfriend away. Don't take, if I'm with some girl, don't, don't snatch her away. Because I would just snatch their girls up and be like, hey, you're fucking mine. 
And this is be this is like the pre 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 Mega Man <laughs> and all that. This is like the MySpace and days and whatever. And that people just leave me messages like, "Hey, what's up? You, you're you're so and so." And I would meet girls like that online, you know. I'll be I would meet girls on uh, MySpace back in the day. And uh, yeah. I was just uh, doing my thing and she was doing her thing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. So we tried to make it work here and there and it was like whatever. But I noticed I just had enough. We just, a lot of people had enough with each other. They don't like the environment. It's just whatever. And some lady bought the whole apartment so she started kicking everyone out, whatever. Luckily, my ex-wife's brother knew a person who was renting a house, and we went to go move, move, you know, went to that house, and uh, everything was good. I mean, a place is a place, you know, but living with, um, living with Cambodian people, it could be good and bad, you know, but uh, it was a big culture clash, because... Living in Long Beach, guys, it's always going to be those 70s and 80s and the early 90s that race were with the Mexican versus Cambodian. So it was very, very rare because when you go to a lot of Cambodian functions like parties, weddings or whatever, they're going to fucking look at you. They're going to be like, who you, who the fuck are you on who you who you here with? And be like, oh, I'm here with my wife. And. My wife would be embarrassed because it's like, well, hello, like, and they would tell her, like, you're you're married to a Mexican guy, you're married to a wetback. What the fuck is your problem? You should be you should, you should be stick with your own kind. So that was the hard part, you know. I mean, with Cambodian like Asian people, the the women always date white men because they listen, they do this. I mean, they got money and all that. But if you're a Mexican, they look down on you. I mean, you're like, look, they really look down on you. Like, you're homeless, you're poor, you got nothing going on. They're very racist, you know, like you got no money. You don't have a drive a Lexus. You don't do, you know, you don't have businesses. They're just going to, they're just going to talk shit, you know. And it was more like. You know, it's a, some of the cultures, what they do is different. Like, it's it can be very humbling, but also, man, that can be very, very disrespectful. It's like, I would never, ever disrespect someone like how they did. So it was a culture clash with everything. So we tried to make it work. We moved in. It was cool for a while. But a lot, I just, I to me, I just wanted my own space, like, on privacy. And there's always parties every fucking day. Just people getting drunk left and right. I was like, man, what the fuck, man? And with me and my ex, we just, we had a hard time communicating because I just wanted to just to get away from her family or my family. And um, I just wanted us to have our own place together and stuff. But it just, it didn't work, you know? We just didn't save up, you know, I would try to save up. And at the time, I barely got my license. And um, I um, 
I was I got a job. I was working at Ralph's. Then things didn't work out. Then my ex-wife hooked me up with this job she saw on the newspaper. Then I got that job. Then after that, I went to... Um, I was working at Smart and Finals, but I was making bank. I was making about like 24, 25 bucks an hour. I was making good money. But um, I was making... It was pretty... I mean, I was making a lot of money. And she worked maybe 20 hours here. And I was a breadwinner. I was paying for everything. We didn't have no bills back then. And um, I felt in a way we started to communicate more, spend time with each other more. And she said to me, like, hey, I want to have another baby. So we, um, she wanted a girl. And um, we, we tried for a while. And um, when she got pregnant, you know, she was a little upset because she wanted a girl so bad. She had a lot of mis. She had like a think. I think about two or three miscarriages, and um, there's some other things I can't really talk about because it's a little personal. Because you know I can't really say, but yeah, it was um, it was hard. So once she got pregnant, you know, when the doctor told her like, okay, you know what you're what you're gonna have. She was like, okay, what is it? It's like, um, you're going to have a boy. And she was just, at the time, she was very, very upset because she really wanted to have a daughter. And um, she was sad. She was really sad. And um, I felt like in a way she took, she blamed me and she took it out on me. We argued and everything. And uh, it was hard. It was, um, it was really, really hard. Because I, at the time, still, um, she said some very disturbing stuff I can't really talk about. And um, some bad, harsh stuff. And um, I was like, man, fuck this shit. Like, enough was enough. I used to go out and party. I don't even come home till the next day. I could be dancing. I could be hooking up with girls left and right. I just think it would fuck at the time my ex-wife was pregnant. But... Like I said, guys, this is the this is the old Steven. This is not me, so I'm just letting you know this is my story. So I'm not like this guy anymore. And um, I would just work, come home, see how she's doing, take her to the doctor and everything. And it was just hard, man. It was fucking hard. You know, with... Um, I think we just lost communication, and it, 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 there's there's times I was depressed. Um, there was tension. Um, there was cheating. Um, the just the love wasn't there anymore and stuff like that. And I was just drinking, going to bars, partying with my friends, cousins. I was fucking girls. I just I didn't give a fuck anymore. And once my bit my son was born, I was just happy. It took two weeks off. Spend time, just just whatever, just do what I can, and I just took a break. I just got burned out, and I was just there for my little one because I wasn't there with my oldest. Gab, when Gavin was born, I wasn't there. So this one, I, I was there spending time, just coming home, working hard, like fuck this. Did, took a break from going out partying and everything, and to spend time with my little one, you know, come home, 
you know, my schedule would be like 11.30 to 8. You know, I come home, spend, you know, play with my son, I mean, and everything. And, uh, yeah, it was something else. And um, Alexander Lucius Martinez. He was so beautiful. I love that kid. He's a little cutie pie. Yeah, man, just by reflecting, thinking back, there's times I get a little emotional, but I love that kid so much. He's a little smart little cookie, man. I love him. Just for me right now, I'm having a hard time with him because he's getting to the point he's a little shy and a little gets a little embarrassed, but he needs to um, break out of that. But he's a good kid. Alexander's a good boy. I just wish his mother would spend time with them more. But that's another that's another story. So I kept on um, working, but I something happened where I had a feeling when I was working at Spartan Finals something bad I felt something bad was going to happen I felt like this manager was very sexist um she was on a power trip she just didn't like me and I came to find out after well things didn't work out they uh they set me up and um they got me fired to me everyone thought I was sweethearting but I wasn't I was just giving a person a discount because there was a product that was out of date for two days and it's like, hey, just get rid of it, you know? But they just wanted to find a way to get rid of me because the company was downsizing and all the ones who were making a lot more money, they were trying to find a way to let them go and they wanted to go to the cheaper route where... Usually for for me, I used to get a raise every three to six months, and it'd be like two dollars here, a dollar twenty five, or what. It was making good money, but with all that stuff change, where you only get a raise once a year, and it could be like ten cents or fifty cents, so you're it's makes it more like you have to stay there longer to get more money, and it was like fuck, and they're just just letting go people. They just you know, and there's one thing of working at a grocery store, man. It's kind of like you almost have to watch your back. The reason why everyone's all fucking shady. Everyone tries to kiss ass. Everyone's get promoted. And it, 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 it's a backstab game. You know, who's good, who's not. They'll just, they just want to, if you're, if I, if I was making a lot more good money, there's going to be a person who's going to like, man, fuck that guy. I, want, I can do a better job than him. There's always going to be that. Always competition. You know, because you have your your new school millennial kids and you have your old school who's been in the game in the grocery. It's a, it's a tug of war. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not what you know, it's who you know now. So things didn't work out and uh, they fired me. And um, I was like shocked. I was like, man, what am I going to do? And um, when I told my... Um, my ex-wife about it she was very upset like oh shit what are we gonna do so the first thing i done was i filed for uh unemployment and um and everything and uh i don't know 
it was pretty, pretty, pretty um, crazy. I don't know what to do. And um, I was like, oh, wow. So once I did, I had to figure out how I was looking for jobs still. But since I wasn't working, I lost all my benefits. I lost everything. And when I got approved uh, for unemployment, I was getting weekly checks. But it was kind of more like they cut half of my pay. I was like, okay. But I kind of stayed home and, and spent time with my my uh, my son, Alexander, while my, my ex-wife was working. But everything got worse. Everything got worse. Because my ex-wife was... Uh, always working a lot I don't see her and I want told her to go, I want to I want to spend time I miss you and I feel like to me she was never there and that's where I got kind of lonely and um that's where all the a lot of the cheating online happened and so like I said guys I wasn't ready to get married. I feel like to me, I, I had a problem. I, <laughs> I always feel like I always have a problem. I oh, like to me, I love sex. I love sex, 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 and I feel like I wasn't getting enough. And that's where a lot of the cheating happened. And then you know, I assume maybe she did some cheating of herself too. But I was doing a lot because if she wasn't making me happy, no, no communication less sex, doing whatever. I feel like to me, well, fuck, if if you're not going to give me what I want, I'm going to go find it somewhere else. So that's what I was doing. Going out partying, fucking girls, going to dive bars, just whatever. So, or just meeting girls on Facebook or meeting girls on Craigslist online or whatever. I just, I don't give a fuck. So one day, I go... I go, um, you know, to, um, whatchamacallit, to go out with my friends and everything and stuff and, you know, how it is and how it is. And, uh, pretty much in a way, um, it was, um, this, this, uh, particular night changed everything in my life. I had a little bit too much to drink and um, and pretty much in a way, <clears throat> my cousin said, hey, you okay to drive? I was like, yeah, I can do it. And I should have let my cousin drive, but um, pretty much uh, I got pulled over and um, I got arrested and for a DUI. And I remember where it happened at. It happened over there on um, on Delamo and Studebaker, right off the 405 South. Well, no, 605. And um, this is where I also I find out who who's your really true friends are. And um, to this day, I don't forget. And. Um, when I got my DUI, I was in jail for like a day, and luckily my cousin took my car. But um, I kind of felt like after that, you, I had so much friends. But when I needed help, 
no one helped me out. Nobody helped me out. So pretty much in a way, I was just more like, wow, what am I going to do? I mean, they gave me a paper for I can drive my car for 30 days, but I have to go file guilty or think or something with with a DNV or just have to call like in 10 days or something. But um, yeah, it was crazy. I had a drinking problem. And uh, to me, I don't know. I just didn't, to me, my ex-wife was very upset. And, but this wasn't the first DUI. I was kind of sober for a couple weeks or whatever, a week. And stupid me, I had about maybe six duplicates of my driver's license because the reason why I kept on losing them. So I had find I had a whole bunch of them. So I was like, fuck it. And the bars were like maybe about like four or four or five blocks away. Walking distance, I st- it would take me about like 15 minutes to walk or 20. But if you're really drunk, it'll t- probably take you an hour because, you know, and I would just, you know, drinking a lot, going to the bars. I just, I didn't want to be at the house because there was too much tension. I don't want to, I would just, I wasn't myself. And um, pretty much I took my car again and um, I went, I remember where I went <laughs> Well, right now it's called the Stash Bar in 4th and Alamitos, but before that it was called Cheap Shots. And they at the time they didn't they were trying to get their liquor license, but it that but they only I think they only served um they only served beer. So I was just drinking like whatsoever. And I went I remember the time I my cousin I think my cousin Diana was there with her friend and went drinking and shit. And I was fucked up. I must have. We were drinking. I we were, I was there from 3 p.m. I didn't get out to like 10. I was just drinking, drinking. I was fucked up. Drove a car. I got in my car, my Honda at the time. I had a Honda Accord. And I remembered I got some uh, McDonald's food. And I was going to take it home. But I didn't know... When I was drinking, that um, I almost hit a motor a motorcycle car, and when I did, there was a cop behind me, and he grabbed me and told me get out of the fucking car. I was cussing at him. I swinged at him, and I was too fucking drunk, whatever. And it was the most embarrassing night of my life. I got arrested for the second time. So that means I got two DUIs in one month, guys. I'll repeat that. Two DUIs in one month. I got arrested. And um, they put me in a holding cell for like almost like two days. Luckily, I called in work. Um... Pretty much in a way, I was so drunk. I was hitting the the walls. I was hitting the window. The person who arrested me, I was flipping them off. I was yelling, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. I was still intoxicated, guys. I was fucking... It took me two days to, 
to take all that fucking liquor or beer out of my system. And I was enraged so much, you know, like, fuck. It just, I was just, fuck it. And I was just flipping them off. Like, fuck you, open this fucking door. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And this is a thing, guys, it's me with a lot of people. You'll find out who you really are when you're really, really fucked up. And to me, when you have a drinking problem, because this is the thing I always change. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I was doing both, drinking beer, and I was drinking a lot, a lot of liquor, a lot of shots. And um, yeah, I was pissed off. I was super, super pissed off. And um, I didn't know what to do. And um, well, they let me go because the the holding cells were too packed. And I remember um, my mom and my dad and my auntie had to bail me out. But I had to go to court and everything. And um, it was pretty it was pretty embarrassing. And my ex-wife was more embarrassed like this motherfucker. She didn't have my back. Everyone, all the family turned their backs on me. Once I had a two DUIs, they didn't didn't give a fuck. I was like, fuck, I have a drinking problem. But this is where my my ex-wife didn't have my back. She was like, I don't give a fuck. If you fucking die, you fucking die. But um, it was crazy. So now the the worser thing is is that when I got my DUIs, I had two separate cases, one in Norwalk and one in Long Beach. And let me tell you guys, even though I I post on my stories of all my craft beers and everything and stuff, okay, yeah. But let me tell you this. I'm not the old Stephen how I used to be like because there's only thing about me. If I'm going to drink liquor, I only drink it once a year on New Year's and I stay home. And uh, you ever notice on a lot of my Instagram stories, I usually drink in the daytime, not at night. And usually if I do drink, sometimes I'll just have a glass or food or have beer flights or food. You got to have everything with food. So I know now, like, not to get too fucked up. And if I do, I'll I'll probably just stay there for a long time, eat something heavy, drink a lot of water, wait another hour or two, whatever, then I'll go home. And I do a lot of stuff locally. So when I got my two DUIs, I was working maybe four days a week, you know. I, fuck, where do I begin? I lose my license. My marriage is probably over. My kids don't want to be around me. I have to pay two fucking fines. I have to go to AA. I have to pay uh, for interlock. I have to pay my registration, everything to get my license back. Um, I have to pay my car payment, which because since I don't have a license, my car is just sitting in the back getting rusty and I have to make car payments on that. Um, I have to pay for alcohol class and everything. Oh, and I have to go to community service. So when I was working, when I'm done, I had to go 
do community service and I was hardly home because I had to take care of my shit to get everything in order. It was to the point I did the math and let me tell you this. For me to get my license, looking reflecting, looking back, I found a lot, a lot of my old papers of how much I owed and this. I combined it all together. People, you know how much for me just to get my license back and everything? It came out to close to thirty-six thousand dollars, thirty-six thousand one hundred and twenty-four dollars and eighty-four cents. So let me tell you that. If you're so fucking drunk, just get back then they didn't have no fucking Uber or or Lyft. If they would have had that, then I would have took advantage of it. But they didn't have it at the time. But uh, I'll tell you this. When I didn't have my license and I had to go to work, I was walking a lot. I used to take the buses. Going from my house, going to work from Seal Beach, coming back, going to community service. I was to, Man, I was commuting everywhere. Everywhere, guys. I was walking over the bridge. I, I used to think a lot. There was times where if I had to be at work at sometimes 10 p.m., I would leave at 8.30, you know, or leave early. I was everywhere. And it, it, it was a long time. And um, I'll tell you this, guys. I learned my lesson. And um, I don't take advantage of, I don't take advantage of it anymore. Because you never know, I might lose my license again because, you know, there's always going to be those those doubters be like, oh, he's going to get another one again. And I don't want that. So that's why, to me, when I go drinking, either I can take an Uber or Lyft or now I just buy a lot of craft beers and stuff or growlers and I just drink at the house. Because right now there's just too many fucking cops out in Long Beach giving out tickets, you know. That's how they're going to make their quotas, make their money from the, from the city and the, or whatever, you know. So if you're going to go out drinking, just be warned, you know. Like if you're going to go drinking, just always drink something, always eat something heavy and drink a lot of water. That's it. And just pee it out, you know. I can't be, I can't see myself now thinking like I'm going to drink from 3 p.m. to 10. I'll be super fucked up. Because I, I I love craft beer. I love IPAs. I love... I'll, I'll be fucking totally wasted. I just can't. But now it's like... Like today, I just ran out of all my beers. So I won't have... I won't get paid until, until Friday. So I'm just kind of good, you know? But other than that, you know... Um, getting my DUIs... And... I just, to me, my life was just, I wasn't happy no more. So a lot of the times I would just go home, work, go home, work, spend time with the kids. Like I would come home, my ex-wife would be sleeping. I'll do this, I'll do that. And um, I don't know. To me, I had a, I had a situation. <laughs> this is pretty embarrassing to say because everyone's going to, everyone's, you guys probably did it too. I used to watch a lot of porn. Like, I used to watch a lot of fucking porn. Well, I mean, I was more curious, you know. And um, 
I think that's where a lot of the cheating happened because when my ex-wife would be asleep or whatever, and everyone would be asleep, I used to be like a night owl. And I used to be so fucking horny. I used to watch porn or I would be like, man, I want to have sex. But there was a lot of times my ex-wife didn't want to have sex with me. So I was like, fucking, where, where am I going to get fucking pussy at? I, this, like I said, guys, I want to say it again. This is this is not me now. This is my old this is my old me. I'm not like this now. So I'm just letting you guys know I'm this is not me now. But back then I was just I was a fucking little hoe. You know, I would post up stuff on Instagram or go on some sites or DM and there was a lot of time I got pussy and there were some times I didn't. But there were some who you know um I'll just say this. There are some women who my ex knew that they liked me and we kind of hooked up. And I'm just going to leave it as that. And usually at work also and or people who DM me on Facebook or on Craigslist and I think that's where I feel like, well, if my ex is doing that to me, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do it back to her, but I'm gonna do it more evil, and then that's to me. I just, I used to go on a fucking spree. I just, like I said, it was already over. So, I was I think to me, I was just living there now as just a roommate, just being there for my kids and stuff like that. But, oh well, it is what it is, you know. It's just like to me, I just felt like I I just had to get that shit out of my system. And um, I think with everything was going on with me not having my license, kind of just working too much and not trying to do whatever can to spend time with my kids and my ex-wife and the family, just everything. It's like it was just too much for me. And there was a lot of times after that I never wanted to be home. I never wanted to be home. I hated I hated that place. I hated them. I don't want to be around them no more. You know, and my even my, my mom knew and you know, and there was a lot of times when once I started night crew, I used to work a lot, work a lot, work a lot. I was like getting so bored of Craigslist or other these sex adult, you know, websites to hook up with girls. I got kind of bored with this, like, ugh, whatever. Because some of them, I mean, they, they can be very sketchy on Craigslist. So I was like, fuck that. Fuck this shit. So my friend at the time, named Ricky, used to work, well, he doesn't work there no more. But he was telling me, he's like, hey, you looking for some dating sites to meet girls? Like, fuck, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I just found this dating uh, apps. It's free. If you have a phone, you have in your apps. It's called uh, POF. I was like, POF? It's like, yeah, POF. It's like, oh, okay. And he said, what do you do? He's like, you talk to girls, you can meet them up. Is it free? He says, no, you can just meet. It's just plenty of fish. So I downloaded the apps and I started, uh, I op- made a profile and and that's where, again, <laughs> it just went bigger. So I was going baby steps and after that, my last one was Craigslist and now this one, POF. I was like, what the fuck? And it was like, boof. 
I got so many DMs. I was, it was very overwhelming. They gave me their numbers. It got to the point. It was just too much. I was like, who's this? Who's that? They'd be like, you forgot about me? Fuck you. And and to me, I was more like, is this too much? And I was like, I would just know. I, I would just put like, I know their names and the cities. And I don't know. And just if I could screenshot their picture, I don't know. And it just got to the point. I had so many numbers. It's just like to me, I was hardly home because I was meeting all these girls. I even had girls come see me from Palm Spring, Victorville, Ranch Cucamonga. I even had a girl fly from Las Vegas just to see me for three days. Fuck. <laughs> and everything. I even had a couple girls come see me from Fresno and Bakersfield. They were just coming out left and right. There was a lot of times they would pay for me. Like, you know, or sometimes I would pay for them, but it it got very to the point, shit, I can't go on a date with all these girls. I mean, I'm going to be broke. I got to take care of my bills or whatever. Like, I would get paid on Friday. My check would be gone by by Tuesday because, you know, and there was a lot of times, you know, I go on these dates with girls and uh, we hook up and, you know, I have to pay for the fucking hotel and shit. I mean, I'm telling you guys, like, I was a fucking little hoe. I, I just didn't give a fuck. And there are sometimes um, girls, they would have coke, like cocaine. And I I had cocaine, this was two times in my life, but doing cocaine, I it was okay. It just kind of, I was up for like a day or two, but it just wasn't for me. But I don't know, I was just going out drinking, hooking up with girls and just, I don't know. I just did. I would just probably hook up with a girl before I go to work, or at the time, you know, my kids were at school, and um, you know, my my little one, um, Alexander, he was getting babysit, but I think he was staying with my ex wife's mom's house, and I would be like, okay, cool, I got extra time, I can go meet so and so at this. I used to, like I said, after work, I would just go hook up with girls middle of the night, three, four o'clock in the morning. And I was just more like, shit, you know? And um, other than that, it's just, I don't know. I think there was a lot of times my ex-wife knew what was going on, but it, it just didn't matter no more to her. She was like, well, fuck, she told me stories about all this happened. Oh, you know, this guy wanted to do and this, whatever. But I was like to the point, like, I don't give a fuck if, if my ex-wife got fucked by some guy, I don't give a fuck. Maybe maybe she needs a good fucking because I'm doing all the fucking. If my ex is not gonna, it's not gonna doesn't want to fuck me. Well, fuck, I'm gonna go fuck a lot of girls as I can because, you know, if if you're not gonna give it to me, then I'm gonna go find it somewhere else. So it is what it is. Until um, one day, one well actually one night. Someone met. I messaged. I messaged her, and um, I was more like, "Who is this?" At the time, she was pretty, and um, I DM'd her, and uh, it was the next day. We DM'd each other. It was around like I think it was on a Thursday or a Friday. I know. Yeah, it was on a Friday. I remember. I DM'd her around like 5 or 6 p.m. because I had, I had to get the bus early because I had to go to work at 10. And um, as this person 
you guys all know, her name was Yara Martinez. And um, I was like, okay. She sounds very interested. And um, I told her, it's like, like, she was telling me, like, yeah, my friend Alex at the time, uh, she told me to make this POF, so I'm doing it, and I'm just messaging people and, and stuff, and she seemed pretty cool, pretty decent, and um, I don't know. She was super cool and nice and DM, but I don't know. I always, something about her just, it caught my eye. It really, really caught my eye. But uh, I don't know. We're going to stop right there. Um, I'm going to leave that because the other ones, it's going to be pretty, pretty fucking long. So we're going to stop right there, guys. So that's the end of uh, Mega Man's Life Part 3. I hope you enjoyed that because I still have three more parts. So I got Part 4, Part 5, and Part 6. But other than that, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that that uh, that Part 3 because... I don't know what the fuck was going on with me at that point, at, at that time. But I, I hope you guys um, enjoyed. But before I go, um, I want to give some shout outs because I, you know, everyone. So I want to give a shout out to Stinky Wet Cookie, Matthew12, Fig Cisco, Alex underscore DeLarge. Ceviche underscore time underscore food. It's ceviche time. What's up? Nazi world. What's up? 909 big dog. What's up? Me skyline podcast. What's up? Underscore Alex Gabby. What's up, girl? What's up? Hope you got your phone fixed. Uh, Raider underscore princess 17. What's up? Underscore. A underscore Delara, what's up? L underscore big underscore big J, what's up, homie? Ed Ryan four, oh my god, this is my my homie. I follow this guy. He lives in Dublin, Ireland. Huge Conor Conor McGregor fan. I got I got a fan. I got a couple people living uh hearing me on my on my podcast from England and the in the in the Ireland area, man, over in the country. What's up? Uh, Marilyn uh, dot six nine underscore. Hey, what's up, girl? My cousin uh, Ian uh, Symphony. Uh, my my cousin Devin Martinez. Well, we gotta do a podcast together. I'll let you know um, when I go over there. Tommy three eight eight zero zero. What's up? Crown Royal Blue eighty one. What's up, girl? Uh, Nicholas underscore A underscore uh, Perales. Hey, happy birthday. Get better from that stomach flu, you know, and everything. This guy, follow this guy. He's been doing some pictures for Saeed Getty, George Perez, me. Uh, just doing some whatever he can. I know he's a little sick right now under the weather, but I can't wait, man. I miss that homie, man. Um, other than that, um, I just want to say thank you to all the people uh, who lift, who leave me all the DMs. You know, I, I get a little negatives here and there, but I get a lot of DMs from people. And um, I just want to say, man, thank you, and I love you guys. Um, and and also, it really, I really, it really, 
means so much to me when I get a lot of like good good um reviews and and good DMs from people who hear the podcast, you know, and everything. And and like I said, I'm going to I'm going to take my baby steps and the podcast is going to get better and better and I just want you to follow my journey and through the podcast when you guys hear it, it gets better and better. And next year I'm going to have a lot a lot of guests and um I'm just going to blow it up. I'm going to try to get a couple guests on before the end of the year, maybe about like maybe about like maybe 8 or 9 before the end of 2000 um uh the end of 2018. So subscribe uh to my podcast or leave a review on Apple po- if you guys have an Apple leave a review. Um you can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio uh Public, Stitchers, I mean all that stuff. Um, if you guys hear it, you know, DM me, uh, tell me how you like it. You know, if you guys don't like it, it's cool. I understand it. Like I said, it's, it's going to get better and better. And, um, you know, you guys can hear it anytime, you know, I'm going to try, I'm putting this podcast out, uh, tomorrow, you know, maybe tonight or tomorrow, you know, because after that, I'm going to take a break. Um, I'm going to do about, I know I'm do about another, maybe nine or 10 episodes because, um, and I'm gonna push them out and do whatever I can because I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take two weeks off. Um, I have to take care of some personal things, and um, I'm just gonna push them out. I'm gonna put two out a week, and so um, you guys can follow me on uh, my Instagram at Megaman six nine eight zero. Sometimes I go on my Facebook, but not really. A lot of people are asking me, "Do you have a Snapchat?" Fuck no, I don't want that fucking shit. That shit's fucking drama. Twitter, fuck no. I don't want no one retweeting my shit and all that to hear what Mega Man said. None of that. You can just you can just try to you can find me on Instagram. I'm only on Instagram. People should tell me you should go on Facebook. To me, I'll try. But Facebook to me is like the it's like MySpace to me. But I'm mostly on Instagram because that's where you can find me. But like I said, um, um you guys have uh, um you guys have a blessed week. Happy Thanksgiving to to everyone. Stay home, stay with their family, spend time with the kids. You know, like I said, it's just I feel like little by little, no one's really spending time for Thanksgiving like it used to anymore. It's just the the times are changing. Everyone's all doing things, or no one's really celebrating Thanksgiving and all this political stuff. What's going on, man? Luckily, I don't have a cable. I don't know what's going on in the world, but I'm kind of I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a good thing. I don't want to see all that drama on TV, what's going on. But prayers to also also the ones on that fire. Uh, prayers for um, the people um, from Thousand Oaks, that shooter, what happened. And, you know, a lot of there's a lot of uh, fires going on. And uh, just pray for the people. I mean, just like I said, man, just I don't know what this world's coming to. But uh, it, it's a little crazy, man. Just a little crazy. Well, all right then, guys. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. And is there anything I want to say before I go? Um, to all the haters, you you, you can go fuck yourself because I you know I get a lot of DMs from haters. I don't know why. I don't know. Fucking, they got nothing else to do. 
um, to the people who follow me and show the love and support, man. Thank you so much, man. It really, I, it, re it really means a lot to me. And, um, you know, like my inspirations, I'm, like I said, I'm doing my own podcast, but I want my podcast to be different from every other podcast, but I want my podcast to stand out and I want to keep it very real, honest and to the point, unedited, you know, whatever. And, uh, I just, I want to just keep it real, you know, and, um, I just don't, I, I can't see myself doing a, doing a podcast, but being fake about it. Um, I want to be real about it. You know, it, 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 this is real talk. And I feel like with me, a lot of people say, well, I would never talk about my life, how you talked about your life, Megan, man. So, well, that's, that's your thing. But to me, I want people to understand me. So, um, I hope you guys liked episode 16 and, um, I love all the feedbacks. Okay. You guys have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Mega Man's out. I'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Late.